124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side, when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when, our, when people attacked us. I love that phrase, if the Lord had not been on our side, if it hadn't been for Jesus. For many, the Christian faith is a, is a set of beliefs, it's a code to live by, it's a, it's a way to identify ourselves, uh, it's, it's even some sort of a political stance sometimes. But the most fundamental truth about true Christians is that we are the rescued ones. Wouldn't it transform our lives and the lives of those around us if the main thing that we knew about ourselves and cared about ourselves and valued about ourselves was the truth that we have been radically rescued, right? What if our testimonies started not with, well, I was raised in a Christian family or I was raised not going to church, but instead with, If the Lord had not been on my side, if Jesus hadn't been there for me, if God hadn't shown up. When I'm sharing Jesus with someone, no one cares if I was raised in a Christian home or not. But everyone loves a rescue story. Because rescue stories lead to gratitude in the the heart of the person telling it. And it leads to hope in the hearts of the people who are hearing it. And Psalm 124 is a rescue psalm. It's a psalm that leads us. It's a song to lead us into gratitude. So I'm stood on stage at St. David's Church in Wales Primary School in Pentwyn in Cardiff, Wales. And it's our, it's our annual school play. And we're telling the story of David, the shepherd king. My mate Matthew is playing Saul and Matthew has a motorbike helmet on and sunglasses because Saul is bad. Now I was a cute kid and I could sing so of course I was lead. I was David. But being cute and singing is all well and good but when you're the lead and you can hardly talk because of your stutter, well perhaps it's time to fire the person in charge of casting. And so I'm there on stage and the words just aren't coming out and I'm so nervous because when you're a kid everything gets magnified by a million times whether it's joy or humor or fear, right? Children live life large and so in that moment the fear of stuttering had gripped me. Nothing was moving, the traffic was stuck. The show was now in limbo, while David, a.k.a. me, tried to get the words out. But then, but then, 
I love the but-thens in life. These but-thens make life worth living. But then, my best friend John, who is playing David's best friend, Jonathan, jumped in. He said, I bet you're thinking this. And then he proceeded to say my lines and then carry on in response with his own lines. And I cannot put into words in my little brain how much John Harris in that moment was the hero of the universe. If it hadn't been for John, I was faced with utter and total humiliation. If it hadn't been for John, I was facing shame and embarrassment. If it hadn't been for John. Now I wonder whether you've ever felt relief like this. The train of of inevitability was traveling towards you at one uh, at 200 kilometers an hour and then suddenly you're whisked out of the way 11th hour reprieve you're heading for trouble and suddenly someone shows up on the scene and shows you a way out and, and verse 1 of Psalm 124 is exactly this moment. If the Lord had not been on our side. Now, this is our, our fourth psalm in a series of 14 psalms. The songs of ascent. The songs that the pilgrims sang as they traveled to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. And these are songs that we can learn to sing as we navigate the various landscapes of our lives. We've so far listened to a song that will lead us through battle. We've listened to a song that will lead us through vulnerability. And we've listened to a song that will lead us out of overwhelm. Well, this morning we're learning a new song. Not a song to lead us out of something this time, but a song to lead us into something. Specifically, a song to lead us into gratitude. And I think that this is a beautiful next step, right? Out of battle and into gratitude. Out of vulnerability and into gratitude. Out of overwhelm and into gratitude. Psalm 124 is written by David. It's the first of the Psalms of Ascent that has his name on it. And if you know anything about David, he would know what having God on his side meant. It wasn't just a nice phrase. It was literally the difference between life and death. If the Lord had not been on my side, then the bear and the lion would have eaten me and my sheep. If the Lord had not been on our side, then, then the giant Goliath would have killed me and then the Philistines would have enslaved us. If the Lord had not been on my side, then Saul would have run me through with a spear. If the Lord had not been on our side, I would have fallen apart when Absalom, my son, was killed by Joab, my general, or when my child with Bathsheba died. David knew what God's rescue looked like. He lived as a rescued one. And in this psalm, David gives us two images to show us what his rescue looked like. And so he gives us the image of a flash flood, verses 3 to 5, and then the image of an animal trapped in a snare, verse 7. So verses 3 to 5. 
In the region around Israel, there were these um, dry gullies, these dry riverbeds called wadis. And if it rained, the water would rush off the hard, dry land and concentrate in these, in these wadis. And the water would, would rise incredibly quickly. In fact, if you look at wadis on YouTube, you can see them. You can physically see the water rising. Now, just a couple of months ago in the United Arab Emirates, four people died in one week in three separate flash floods, and they all took place in wadis. And so the danger is real. And this is the image that's being used in verse 3 and on. If the Lord had not been on our side when the people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Very powerful language. Trying to communicate something very, very clear that, that, uh, that these people are helpless. Then the second image is that of the snare. Now verse 6 and 7 talk about a fowler's snare and talk about being torn by teeth. Now the image that David is painting is that of a bird that's trapped in a snare, one of those traps where, where the bird's foot steps into it and then the wire or the cords tightens around the bird's foot so that the more they struggle, the tighter it gets. And as the bird struggles in the snare, out of the shadows comes a prowling predator circling nearer and nearer and nearer. And the predator can see that the bird is stuck. It, it's, a, it's an easy meal. It's meals on wheels and there's no way out. It reminds me of the goat that's, uh, that's tethered um, in the T-Rex paddock in Jurassic Park or a wingless cricket that's dropped into the tank of a lizard. It's, it's only a matter of time. There is no image of hopelessness greater than this. Being stuck in a snare with something with sharp teeth circling nearby. Psalm 140 verse 5 says this, The arrogant have hidden a snare for me. They have spread out the cords of their net and have set traps for me along my path. Whereas Psalm 91 verse 3 says this, Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Okay, so we're starting to see that according to Scripture that the snare is a real danger, but it's not necessarily the end of the story. God's promi God, God promises to save us from the fowler's snare, but, but the question is, how does he do it? Well, the answer to that is in Psalm 119, verse 110, which says this, The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. The way to avoid the snares set by others is found here in the word of God. 
that God is ready to, to, to either keep you from the snare or to rescue you from the snare, to loosen the snare, but you've got to meet him where he is. And he's in here. This is his revelation. This is God's word. These are God's precepts. That this book is the way to avoid getting into situations that lead to hopelessness. This, this, this word, these pages reveal God's heart and God's plan and God's wisdom and God's truth and God's salvation. It's all in here. So if you're feeling trapped right now, get into the word. Open its pages. The only way to get out of this, the snare is to saturate your mind and your heart in God's truth revealed in his word. And so I love the fact that 414 clusters are getting together and meeting and getting into the word together. I love that that, that Facebook soap group that started in January of this year is still going. You see, when... We gather together around God's word and under God's word, under the authority of God's word, we see hopelessness shrivel up and die. When we gather together around God's word and under the authority of God's word, we see hopelessness shrivel up and die. Amen. We've escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. The snare has been broken. Okay, don't miss this because understanding this, understanding this truth really makes the difference whether you walk around defeated or whether you walk around in the victory of God. The snare has been broken, it has been rendered unusable, it's a write-off, it's on the scrap heap, the snare has been broken. Now, Satan, our enemy, our adversary, our accuser, our foe, he wants you to believe that the snare has merely been loosened, that it, but that it's still there to catch you unawares if you walk into it again. But that's not what this psalm says, right? Psalm 107 verse 14 says this, He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Now, think about it. If a chain is wrenched out of the wall and broken, you don't just snap it back on. Broken chains are chains broken. Chains broken are broken chains. Romans 8 verse 1 Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. In Jesus, you are free from the law of sin and death. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. And so if you know that you're struggling in a snare today, if you can feel it as it tightens around you and the harder you struggle, the tighter it gets. If you can feel the malevolent presence of Satan prowling around you like a roaring lion waiting to tear into you with his teeth. If this is you, 
then stop struggling. Stop struggling and cry out to Jesus, save me, save me. You see, a snared animal is a frightened animal, and a frightened animal is a panicking animal. And a panicking animal can't necessarily tell the difference between friend and foe. uh, So as someone walks up to it, all a snared animal thinks of is, how can I escape? And it's the flight instinct that leads to the animal's ultimate harm as that snare cuts into its leg. The only way for freedom for that animal is to be still. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says this. This is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. There you, therefore, you will flee. You weren't willing to trust God to save you. You tried to save yourself, and so you will keep on running and struggling. And so, friend, if you're stuck in a snare, resist the urge to flee God. Resist what your shame or your brokenness is saying to you. God is not your enemy. Jesus will not find you trapped in your snare and mock you or chastise you. He won't tut, tut, tut. He won't make you feel worse. If Jesus finds you in your snare, then wait and allow him to come to you. In my, my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Friend, God hears you in your distress. Verse 16 of the same psalm, he reached down from on high. After hearing us from his temple, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God God leads you from the snare into the spacious place. Into the place where you can stretch out and relax. Where you're free. And the cross may be the ultimate snare. The cross is God's unequivocal proof that he is on our side. That, that through Jesus' incarnation, he literally came onto our side so that he could bring us home to his side. So if you ever doubt that God is on your side, look at the manger where Jesus became man and look at the cross where God died for you. What then shall we say in response to these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? Listen to this, friends. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? In Christ, through Christ, God gives us everything that we need. All things, there's nothing left out of here. There's nothing missed out. Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies in Christ. God is on our side. He justifies us. He cleans our rap sheet. He pardons us. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one. No one condemns. Why? Because God is on your side. In Jesus Christ, you are uncondemnable. You are out of the jurisdiction of every other court in the universe. You are untouchable in Christ. You aren't just forgiven, but you're freed. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. If you are Jesus's, then Jesus is actively praying for you right now. If the Lord is on your side, like verse 1 of our psalm says, then all of this, all of Romans 8, is yours. And so here's my challenge for you if you're a Christ follower. Rewrite your testimony. Rewrite your testimony. Get rid of, I was raised in a Christian home or I was raised not going to church. No one cares about that. Scrumple it up and throw it away. Instead, lead your, your testimony, lead your story with, if it hadn't been for Jesus, I would be, and fill in the blanks. And so get your journal out or a piece of paper and write out your, if it, if it hadn't been for Jesus' story. Or in your church 414 cluster, tell your story to each other, starting with this phrase, and see how your Jesus story comes alive. If it hadn't been for Jesus. And if you don't yet have an, if you hadn't been for Jesus, if it hadn't been for Jesus' story, if you don't have the assurance that Jesus has reconciled you to God, then, then, then before you do anything else, make this happen. Come to Jesus in repentance and faith, not trusting in your own good works or your own efforts that are like filthy rags, but instead submit yourself to him and trust him and receive the gift of life, the gift of hope, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Romans 8, 32 to 34 will be yours as well. You can claim it and absorb it and absorb it and, 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 and live it. And Psalm 124 verse 1 is yours as well for free. If the Lord had not been on our side, this can be your story too. When we talk about our Jesus story, our testimony, there should always be a little shiver, a sense of it could have gone so bad, a, a, a profound sense of relief that God saved us from that life. 
You only need to look at the lives of people who are living life without the Father looking over them and without Jesus walking alongside them, without the Spirit indwelling them to realize that that life with Jesus is not just one choice among many, but it's the difference between total victory and absolute defeat, between spiritual death and spiritual life. You are either in chains, and those chains are profound, or your chains are broken. You are either in a snare at the mercy of Satan, or you're free like a bird and you're flying. There is no middle ground. And that bent, that, uh, that, 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 that bent towards sin that kept you helplessly trapped is now erased. And you have a new principle within. You have the Holy Spirit who leads you into holiness. And so I think that we need new new testimonies. We need to get rid of the I was raised in whatever home stories. Uh, and we need to start, like I said, with this sentence. If the Lord had not been on our side. And then we need to share from the heart about the night and day difference that God has made in our lives. If it wasn't for God, I would be homeless. If it wasn't for God... I would be divorced. If it wasn't for God, I would be a workaholic or an alcoholic or a sexaholic. If it wasn't for Jesus saving me, I would be consumed with pride or with bitterness or with hopelessness. If it wasn't for the cross, I would be dead in my trespasses and sins. I would be under condemnation. I would be under God's wrath. I would be God's enemy. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would be enslaved to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so now I want us to listen to some of these if it wasn't for Jesus stories. Some that I collected on Thursday and some are from our church folks and some are from a pastor's group that I'm part of on Facebook. So I want you to listen to the power of these one sentence stories. Are you ready? If it wasn't for Jesus, I would still be an insecure lost soul. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would not be strong enough to handle the circumstances of life. These are real stories from real people. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be another pastor's kid heading to hell. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be lost and alone. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would, be, I would probably be in jail or dead. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would have no freedom, no salvation, no hope. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be dead. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would have been a very angry person heading towards a heart attack or stroke. (coughs) If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be hopelessly lost. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would never have trust and hope. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be searching for the acceptance of the people around me. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be restless and incomplete. These, friends, are the songs that lead us into gratitude. And in Jesus, we each have one. Amen. And so thanks to everyone who shared their one-sentence story and who continued to write in after I, fin- after I wrote this message. 
Friends, it's in the knowledge of what Jesus has saved us from and the assurance that God has saved us to that we find the strength to live in this moment. If God is for us, who can be against us? And here's the cool thing, that this moment right now, this can be the moment that future you in years to come looks back and says, if it hadn't been for Jesus, if the Lord had not been on our side. Let's pray. What would I have done if it hadn't been for you, Lord? If it hadn't been for Jesus, if the Lord had not been on our side, we would be trapped in that snare with our mortal enemy ready to tear us apart. We would be stuck in that wadi with that tidal wave of water heading towards us and yet a strong hand reached down and grabbed us and lifted us out of that wadi. And a strong hand came and tore apart that snare. And so the snare has been broken and we have been freed. Lord, show us how to live like the freed. Show us how to live like the rescued. Let us not walk around wondering if that snare is still there waiting to snap around our ankles. But let us trust in the knowledge that something incredible and fundamental and foundational has changed. That you have broken the snare. And you've lifted us up. And you've healed us. And you've let us fly free. Lord, show us what our if it wasn't for Jesus story is. And Lord, would you give us an, a chance, an opportunity to share it so that people around us who do not have their if it wasn't for Jesus story yet can hear ours and we can be encouraged as we tell it and they can be hopeful as they hear it and that we would see more and more people in our community finding their if it wasn't for Jesus story. You are incredible. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are powerful and you are strong. And you are merciful towards us and you're merciless towards evil. And Lord, one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And every knee will bow. And Lord, we choose to bow our knees now. And we choose to say, Lord, that, uh, that, that you are good and you are great and you are holy and you are worthy and you are uh, the change maker in our lives. You are the one who absolutely and unequivocally and without question makes the difference. You are the snare breaker. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.